I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Stu and Blake. Hello and welcome to the MMA Fan Podcast. I'm Stu Whiffin. Joining me as ever is the barbecue king himself, Blake <laughs> Harrison. How are you, mate? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Uh, I wouldn't say barbecue king. There was a few burnt sausages. There was, uh, you know, some chicken where I was like, I was just getting my wife to eat it first, just in case. <laughs> Shut up, really? <laughs> yeah. I was like, so it was, before, it, we, before we offer this to anyone else, you, you have a bite and then, then they're allowed to eat it, you know. Uh, so it was your birthday yeah. last week. Um, yes. So happy birthday. Um, Thank you very and, much. Um, and so you threw a barbecue. And uh, so it's, it's pressure, you were, isn't it? you were invited to. I know, I know. It's my anniversary, so I had, well, to, uh, I had to do I mean, that stuff as priorities, well. Priorities, when, when you're old and grey, who do you want looking after you? Your wife or me? You can't even handle a sausage, let alone me, mate. <laughs> uh, hey. hey. Um, at, well, how are your barbecue skills? Rate yourself out of 10. Oh, God. Oh, not very good. Um, I'm quite. Did you keep it simple? Sausages, I, burgers? Uh, we did do a bit of chicken. That Again, Ke- right. Kerry was in charge of sort of like marinating it in some kind of like different mm-hmm. Nando's-based spices, I think. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah. I'm, but I see, I just... I time everything so i'm kind of like i've got my phone my little timer on my phone going off constantly throughout the barbecue so it's one of those things where i'll be having like a lovely conversation with someone that i haven't seen for years who've just cracked cracked open a couple of uh, you know fruity ciders you know rock and roll and uh and then the timer goes off i'm like yep sorry just one second and then i'm going i flip the burgers and i'll come back and then oh sorry there's sausages So yeah, I can get a bit stressy at the at the barbecue, just trying to make sure that I'm not burning foods, yeah. but also that people aren't eating like raw food and throwing up everywhere. Did it all go all right though? It did, yeah. It was lovely because it was like loads of like, like at the end of the day, it's just the weather was gorgeous and mm-hmm. it was just loads of nice people, and it was yeah, it was really really lovely. It was good. You missed out basically, you and your okay, an- anniversary. Okay. Sorry. Did you do right, anything fun for anyway. the anniversary? People don't want to hear Just that, had some it? food. Uh, the weather was nice. Went for a little dog walk, and uh, yeah, 
Right. Nothing. I was toying with going away. That was the idea. But um, I'm going to, I've just arranged to go to Barcelona in a couple of weeks. So it was like Ooh. we sort of spent the, the, the pennies on uh, on that. Um, I'm I'm not into football. I know I know you, you, you are, in, or you used to be really into football. I used to you? be really into football. Right. Not so much. MMA's very much taken over with that thing now. I've mm. got time for football as well. But if there's, I've, I gave up on football in 1989. Was you, was you even born then? <laughs> yeah, I was four. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> I, was, I was 16. Um, and, uh, but there's a little bit of me that would quite like to see Barcelona play football in their ground if mm-hmm. there's an opportunity to do that. I reckon yeah. that would be pretty special. I, anyway, uh, we're not well, here to talk about football. Go, no, go on. Well, no, I'm not here to talk about it, but I did see Barcelona play. But it was uh, um, in the first in between this film, we were in. Uh, we were filming in, in Magaluf, set up as Malia. And I think, is it Malaga, the team, local team there, Malaga? Yeah. So we went to see Malaga, and we were in a box. We were in a box to watch Malaga play Barcelona, and obviously Messi was there. And you're just watching Messi, and you're like, this guy's just ridiculous. Because you just, you, you can't help, when you're doing something like that, you just, you just watch Messi. Like, you're not even really mm. watching the game. You're just watching Messi. And he's just stood mm. around doing very little for the majority of the time there. It looks like really lazy and quite useless. Mm. And then all of a sudden, the ball's played anywhere near him. And he's rapid and he's electric. And the ball comes and just does something magical. And you're like, this guy's amazing. <laughs> he, just, like, he just seems so kind of like chilled and like not really that interested in the game. And then all of a sudden, it's just something really magical happens. It, that was quite incredible. So obviously you won't see Messi because he's at PSG now, but, uh, but I'm pretty sure it'd be cool to watch Barcelona play in the new Camp. I've never seen a game in the new Camp. Mm. Also, um, we got our press accreditation, didn't we, this week for yeah. the upcoming London event. So yeah. uh, hopefully we're... We'll get down to the media uh, shenanigans and get stuck in and uh, and hopefully get a little bit of content for you there. Um, anyway, this episode is about what's about to uh, unfold at the T-Mobile Arena uh, on Saturday evening, UFC 276. Blake, is this the best card ever? <laughs> I don't know if it'll be the best card ever, but on paper... I don't think there's a single fight. Well, there's maybe one fight that I'm not overly bothered about, but maybe that's just because the rest of the card is so good. But like, literally, do you want to highlight what that one is? Because that's really derogatory to them two fighters. No, to I, say the whole thing's amazing apart from you. No, I think what'll happen is we just probably won't talk about their fight, and people can just make that assumption <laughs> for themselves. Um, but there is so much going on. Like the main card, brilliant. There's 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 stakes in every single fight. The prelims again. Fantastic stuff going on there. Uh, some great fights. Um, things that you're like, this is just going to be an exciting contest to watch. And others where you're like, the winner of this is going to fight for a title. The winner of this has really proven themselves to be a top 15 guy or something like that. There's just stakes everywhere. Everywhere. There's something interesting, a storyline or something in every single fight. And that is what makes a really good card. And you're right. This is right up there on paper as one of the best cards of the year, for sure. Mm. Shall we start at the uh, the very tip-top? Let's do it. Cannoneer Adesanya. Yep. I mean, I'm a little bit excited about this. I'm a little bit excited about the old card, I'm not going to lie. What do you think, then? Do you, do you think Cannoneer's got a chance? 
No. That'll be the narrative. That'll be the that'll be the narrative, isn't it? The narrative is going to be: Does Cannoneer even have a chance? And you just think he's got no chance? I, I just think um, in the middleweight division, uh, I don't really see anybody being in uh, in Izzy's league. Uh, certainly not Cannoneer. I mean, he's you know the he, he, he's ranked. I think he's is he ranked third. Uh, Cannoneer, I didn't actually make note of where they were ranked because I just thought, well, uh, it just doesn't matter. The middleweight rankings really don't hugely matter at the top at the moment because Adesanya is just clearing it out. Sorry, he's he's ranked he's he's ranked number two. Um, But yeah, I don't I don't see him. I mean, obviously he hits hard and he's you know he's he's an absolute specimen, but. I just think is his different level, like different level uh, as as a middleweight, and uh, and I can't see, I can't see the the the, the W going anywhere else, but uh, um, uh, it's yeah. easy. I uh, if Cannonier was to win it, how would you see it happening? It's it's got to be a big shot. We've probably within mm. the first two three rounds, I'd imagine. Mm. Um, I think if, if I wanted to make a sort of case for Cannonier. What I would say is, if you look at his record, which is 15 and 5, saying that he would lose, you know, a quarter of his fights, that is very deceptive. Because when you really start looking closer at his record, you realise that his first loss was at heavyweight. Mm-hmm. And then his other three losses or whatever um, were... Or other four losses. You had Glover, who was, you know, only recently the light heavyweight champion. So again, this is light heavyweight. Jan Blahovic, who was a light heavyweight champion and also beat Israel Adesanya. And Reyes. Dominic Reyes, light yeah. heavyweight, who fought for a light heavyweight title. And every, a lot of people would consider that he beat John Jones. So mm. that's four fights of his five losses there where you go, well, that's not your weight class. And you look at the discrepancy. We mentioned this before when Adesanya went up to fight Jan Blachowicz. The discrepancy in weight between middleweight and light heavyweight is basically like two stone or whatever it is. Mm. Um, it's, it's a huge, huge gap. It's a huge difference. And so when, when you're seeing people going up from featherweight to lightweight, bantamweight, all that stuff, it's, it's just very different to when you're then doing that with with a twenty pound weight difference, so I think you can't really consider those big losses to to hold against Cannonier when he's now doing well at middleweight. The one loss that's a big factor, I suppose, is the Robert Whitaker loss because that mm. was at middleweight, and Robert Whitaker was clearly the better fighter. And when mm-hmm. Adesanya has beat Whitaker twice, you go, well, Adesanya is clearly better than Whitaker, so. It is difficult to make a case for Cannonier, but what I would say is he hits very, very hard and he's a very good kickboxer. He's not at the level of Adesanya. He's nowhere near that that level of kickboxer. But I suppose maybe you've got to think, what's Adesanya's mentality like? We've seen a lot of champions over the last year or so get to a point where we think they're invincible and then they pull an Amanda Nunes or... Even Valentina Shevchenko recently, you think, wow, was she really all there? I know she won her fight, but it was... You could say the same for Rose Very, very close. Rose, maybe. Yeah, I mean, less dominant, but but sure. She started talking about legacy and being the greatest strawweight ever and stuff. And you just think, 
is there anything going on in Izzy's life where he's going, I'm I'm already better than all of these guys. I'm lapping the division. Um, I maybe got one or two more fights left here and then maybe I do need to take some time, bulk up and go up to light heavyweight or something like that to really make something, uh, uh, my legacy and all that kind of stuff. So... <clears throat> I don't know, and if he is thinking those things, maybe Cannoneer catches him on a slightly off night, and he can land something big that puts Izzy in in a lot of trouble. But I don't see Cannoneer mixing it up enough. I don't see him going for takedowns and stuff like that. And Izzy's takedown defense, particularly at middleweight, is very, very good. So yeah, I I agree with the ultimate. I'm trying to sort of make a case for Cannoneer, but no, I think Izzy does it. I uh, yeah, I I, I think. Izzy's too well rounded, and I, I, I think if uh, if Whitaker can't do it, I don't see Cannonier doing it. I, th- I think you know, as we've as we've said before, I think Whitaker and Adesanya are just a little level above everyone else in that that division, and which is very much the case for the next fight, which I'm sure we'll get on to shortly. Um, but yeah, I, I, I mean, I. I think that was a, a, a an admiral uh, an, an admirable an admirable what's the word admirable I'm to say? admirable admirable why can't I say that this morning it's quite early we are recording uh, first thing in the morning um, it was a, it was a decent case you put forward there and a fair case for Cannoneer. Uh but I think it's uh, yeah I think it's not going to happen I think is he I don't think he's reached that point in his career yet where he's you know maybe taking his eye off the ball, getting complacent. He He's, you know, he's still incredibly young and he's still got a lot to do. And, I mean, you talk about legacy and, you know, maybe there is them things where he's cleared out that division and does he consider bulking up and going up again? I don't know. Do you, do you think that's, as he said it, I've not heard him say that he, he wants to do that because, no. um, you know, obviously he's tried that and it didn't end very but well. But he didn't try um, it properly, did he? He just thought no. he would go up and do it. Like I think if, if Izzy's going to do it, he needs to take almost like a year off and bulk up and think, I'm mm. not going back to middleweight anytime soon. He's not going to be a double champion defending both belts. Again, the weight discrepancy is too much. You need to go, right, I'm now do what, what John Jones is saying he's doing, which is leave the division, vacate the belt, go and bulk up, and then have your fights and... and and try and become the champ. Or retire because you're going to be about 60 by the time you come back. <laughs> like, I don't know what John Jones is thinking. did see him cornering uh, Maurice Green. Uh, oh, yeah. I, I didn't see that, but apparently he was quite good in the corner. I didn't actually see it. Yeah. Anyway, right. Okay. So we're both leaning, obviously, towards easy taking, uh, well, retaining the strap on uh, uh, on the main fight, right? Yeah, I think so. I think it's it's the the... The obvious way of, of looking at it, for sure. I think, well, do you know what? One other great thing they're doing on this card, and I don't know if this is going gonna, gonna to throw you, because I'm throwing other things out there, but one thing about this card is they are matching up a lot of middleweights on this card underneath a middleweight title fight. And I think that's really great for the division. You mm. know, on this fight, we don't have to necessarily skip to these fights, but you've got Strickland Pereira, is on this card, and that is to a lot of people is basically the number one contender fight for the middleweight mm-hmm. title. You've also got um, Uriah Hall versus Andre Muniz, and Muniz is looking good, like he's going to be a problem mm. for people in that division. And then you've got Brad Tavares versus Drikas Duplessis, another great middleweight prospect in 
Duplessis. Tavares, I think, is ranked. Like, that, I think that's really great matchmaking. I like to see that. I, I, I'm a big fan of when we've got um, the, the title fight, the main card is, is, you know, whatever division. And underneath that, you've got two or three really important fights within that division. I think yeah. it just it means everyone's timelines line up well. It means that you're getting a really interesting picture for, for what the, is the future of that division. And I just really like that. I think that's really good matchmaking. So I don't know if you want to skip to any of those middleweight fights or if you just want to go to the co-main, which is Vulcan. I, 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 want, to, I, I want to talk about that co-main. Let's do um, it then. J- j- just because there is some absolute, you know, you, you've just reeled off a load of killer middleweights there. I, I don't think any of them are in the league of these two gentlemen. Like, I, I, I think, um, sorry, not middleweight. Sorry, I'm to, we're moving on to Feather now, aren't we? Sorry, my bad. No, but um, those were middleweight. Like, but yeah. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. But pound for pound, but, they're, uh, they're, they're probably not. No, because these two are, are just elite. Yeah, absolutely. Right, well, look, let's talk Volk and, uh, and, and Max 3. Um <sighs> I, I can't wait for this because Volk obviously clearly won the first one. The second one was so tight. And, you know, I know some people fancied that, that maybe Max got that. Um, did you think he got the second one? When I watched it live, I gave it to Volk. And mm. I, re, I got up early and re-watched the second fight this morning. And right. it's so close, man. I think you... I maybe could have given it to Holloway on a rewatch. It's so, what I would say is the thing that probably, where a lot of people are quite adamant that Max won, which you can't be adamant because it's so, so close. But I think the reason why is that if you were to watch that fight over the course of 25 minutes uh, in, you know, a car park or a pub, or if you were to, um, to score the fight as, viewing it who won the fight overall not round by round because that's the thing with mma judging doesn't matter how well you did in round one round two is a clean slate we start again and same goes on for all the fights so because round one of the rematch holloway knocks him down round two of the rematch Holloway knocks him down. Those were the two biggest impact strikes, whatever, of the entire fight. And Holloway had two of them. The problem is, for the rest of the round, through three, four, and five, they were incredibly close rounds. But you can give those rounds to Volkanovski. So Volkanovski wins three rounds to two. But did he get the better of the 25 minute fight? No. But that's not how fights are scored so it's it's really really interesting and i can totally understand why people think holloway won that fight but uh, it's when they're when there's close rounds between these two it's it, it is a coin flip it really is i think maybe uh, was it three was really close four you could give to max you could give to volk and then five i think was definitely volk but it it could just go either way. You could have scored that fight four rounds to one in favour of Holloway, and I wouldn't have any problem with that card. But you can also score it three two to Volkanovski. You have to give two rounds to Holloway. You have to give two rounds to Holloway. <clears throat> but the other three are are up for grabs. And 
this fight might be the same. I mean, it's interesting to look at what they've done since that fight. Mm. Both of them have had incredible performances. Volkanovski beat Ortega in, in what was our fight of the year. Incredible fight. That fight could have been stopped in the third round because of the damage that Volk laid on Ortega. And, you know, I don't think the ref in was, was great there letting Ortega fight on. But... but- Ortega then seized that opportunity, didn't he? He and, did. You know, it, it looked like he could have choked him out, but the, that champ showed something insane the night yeah. that night. Yeah, and then, um, and then the uh, the Korean zombie fight again. What a display Ooh. from Volkanovski! Just uh, yeah, beat him from pillar again, to post. Brutal, brutal, brutal display. And then you look at Max Holloway. What he did to Calvin Cater was one of the best performances I've ever seen a fighter give. It was unbelievable. And then he had a great fight against Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Oh, I mean, these two are clearly the best ones in this division. But I suppose what happens after this is going to be interesting in terms of like what, what do these fighters want to do next? Because Volkanovski's already talking about moving up in weight if he wins this fight. There's no clear contender. We've got Josh Emmett's just beat Calvin Cater in a contentious decision. Calvin Cater's still going to be there because it was contentious. Arnold Allen, I think, deserves a shock because he's on a nine-fight win streak. Um, but he still needs to get another win. You've got Brian Ortega fighting Yair Rodriguez. If Yair wins, he's possibly going to get a title shock because he's a big name and an exciting fighter. If Ortega wins, he's been beat by Volkanovski and Holloway, like... So there's not necessarily a clear guy coming up that you go, this guy needs to fight for the belt next. Um, so Volkanovski, if he wins, moving up in weight makes a lot of sense. If Holloway wins, I suppose maybe it depends on where things go. Do, does, does Volkanovski do the immediate rematch? I think he's earned it. He could do an immediate rematch. But oh, I don't know. What? How do you think it's going to go? Uh, um... <sighs> I've just got a feeling Max is going to take it. I've got a little feeling like that as well. <laughs> I don't want to. Say, I almost don't want to say it because we love Volk on this show, and Volk's yeah. been wonderful to us. He's given us his time and all that kind of stuff. But I, having rewatched that fight again this morning, I was like, and I've got nothing against Max Holloway. He seems like an absolutely amazing human being, and what an incredible fighter! Yeah, but like, he's not, not been on the show though, has he? He ain't been on the show now. He'd been on the show, would be a different story. Yeah. But, uh, we but go yeah. definitely, Max. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've just got a feeling. Oh, it's so hard to call because you've just listed both of their previous two fights that have both just been insane displays of like what makes both of them so incredible. So I just think we're in for, I think we're in for a five-rounder again. Um, I do, yeah. And uh, And I think it could be, just super close. I, I can't. I can't see Volk knocking out Max. I can't see it. Um, and and I can't. I can't see Max knocking out Volk either. I just Max think Max hit him with some like a couple of big shots. Like one of them was a head kick in that rematch. Mm. And Volk like he goes down, but he gets straight back up and just kind of nods at him as if like, yeah, good one, you got me. Let's carry on. <laughs> like they're yeah. both so tough. Yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah. I, I've got no real way of breaking down because it's so tight the way they they when they fight. And but I just think for some reason, you know, 
he's going to get the, the 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 third one. I think he's going to he's got, Max might take it. I don't know why. It's just a little feeling I've got. Nothing. It's not based on any kind of stats other than just a little hunch. And if if that happens, do they do an immediate rematch afterwards? Well, this is the thing, isn't it? I mean, surely Volk would deserve that. I, like, I think surely so. that. But you know, is a full fight. I mean, yes. I mean, a full fight will sell because it's. It, I imagine if there's a, if he loses, then it's going to be something special, and people are going to want another five rounds of it. Maybe uh, it depends on how know. it goes down. If it's a five round fight yeah. and it's a great fight, yeah, immediate rematch makes sense to go for the fourth fight. If Max were to knock him out inside three rounds or something like that, maybe you say to Volk, "You got to go and get one or two wins before you can come back," because that's. Well, Max didn't do that initially. He got an immediate rematch, but then mm. for the third fight, he's had to go and have a couple more more wins. Um, and I think what could be interesting there is is if, let's say, you know, worst case scenario, Volk, Volk gets knocked out and uh, Sean Shelby says, right, okay, you've got to go and get another couple of wins before we, we give you that shot again. Um, I mean, does that give people like... Arnold Allen, the opportunity to fight a Volk. Hundred No, that's exactly what it does. Right. Kate I mean, Allen I don't Rodriguez. want Arnold to fight Volk. I want I want Volk to absolutely fucking obliterate Bryce Mitchell. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> well, Bri- that's Bryce has got a bit of work to do before he gets that fight. But he's maybe not too far off. But he's probably not too far off now. Where, where is he? he nine. I don't know. Ninth. It's yeah. It's a All weird right. one. I mean, you're looking at. I think he's the, got to do a bit of work on his fucking. Uh, PR first, I think, yeah, before he starts worrying about what he's doing inside the octagon. That's very true. Well, Bryce Mitchell's ninth, yeah. Giga's coming off losses, or, or a loss, I think, so he's not going to be fighting for a belt soon. I mean, it's either Arnold Allen might fight Korean Zombie next, or Arnold Allen, Josh Emmett makes a lot of sense to me. Mm. But Josh Emmett is not going to Good fight for to... Arnold, that. Yeah, I think good fight for both of them. You know, you, Emmett hits with a lot of power. Arnold got hit against Hooker. Um... But yeah, I mean, I I would favour Arnold in that in that fight, but it's a close fight. It's a tough fight, and Emmett's got a lot of power. Um, so I think Emmett thinks he. I don't think that's the fight Emmett I want. I think no. he. I think he's looking a bit further up the the, the rankings. I think than he that. wants a title shot next. I think Emmett, mm. Emmett thinks he deserves mm. a title shot. If Yair Rodriguez beats Brian Ortega, he'll move up to second in the rankings, and he's got a claim to a title shot. So it's a bit of a weird one. I don't think there's any real set number one contender. If Holloway wins, you could make an immediate rematch with Volk and then more of those guys, Yair, Emmett, Arnold Allen, Bryce Mitchells, they, they all have to keep fighting it out. Movsar Evloev, it looked great the other day against Dan Ige. He's ranked 10th. Mm. And uh, Ilya Tapuria, uh, hand sanitizer boy, as uh, Paddy likes to call him. <coughs> He's ranked 15th, but you know what? He is good. And he could... Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Wow! 
Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Do some bits in that division as well. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot of great contenders, but no one that's really made themselves the obvious choice for a title shot yeah. next. So, well, look, yeah. before we move on, before we move on, because uh, we've got a lot of fights to talk about in this uh, this episode, um, say, for instance, let, let, let's let's back our guy, our former guest, Volk wins, right? And he decides to move up. What's the first fight when he moves up? Who would you, pick, who would you put him in against? The champion. Whoever the cha- Whoever the champion is. Really? 100%. What? He's, automatically? Just... Yes. He's, it's a champion versus champion fight. This guy has smashed through, you know, he's got four title defences in the division below if he beats Holloway. He's beaten the best. He's beaten Holloway then twice, three times if you include when he won the belt off of him. Mm. He's already beaten the likes of Aldo and Chad Mendes. He's, um, he's beaten uh, uh, Zombie Ortega. and Brian Ortega. Like, he goes straight in for a title shot. He doesn't... Uh, he's already earned a title shot at the weight class above because of the dominance in the weight class below. I, I, I think that will tell you. always get champion. There's no point saying, oh, you're a champion in this division. Go and earn a title shot in the division above. Because what it will do is if you get beat by someone that's not even the champion, it lessens you as the champion in the division below. So I think you just go straight in for a title shot. Uh, like, yeah, no, no, no qualms about that at all. Do, do you disagree? Do you think he needs to fight like a Gaethje or a Chandler or something first? Uh, I don't know. I just, I just, I, I mean, yeah, there's so many people queuing up for, for in that division, um, for, for, uh, for, for, for Charles. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Oh, it's not Charles, is it? It's, it's no one. To get him. It's no one right now, it's is no it? One. Although <laughs> yeah. the lightweight champion has a name. His name is Charles Oliveira. <laughs> That's what he says. Um, but uh, oh dear. Yeah. So I don't know. There's that. I mean, what would be really interesting is what does Max do if he loses? Because if he loses again, he can't fight Volk again. Does he stay at featherweight? If it, what I think could be really, really interesting is if Max loses, and he decides, do you know what? I'm going to go away, put on a little bit more muscle. Don't have to go crazy because, again, it's only a 10-pound weight difference and move up. And, again, Max Holloway is such a star and such a name. He doesn't need a belt. As if anyone wouldn't pay good money to see Max Holloway with a little bit more muscle on him fighting Justin Gaethje or fighting Michael Chandler or fighting... You know, Dustin Poirier for a third time. Like, I think we would all watch those fights and go, yep, sign me up, take my money. Max Holloway doesn't need a belt. He doesn't. Max Holloway is a big enough name to command that attention. Do you think Dustin would want that? I mean, obviously he's got two wins over him already. Do you no. think that's... No, Dustin wouldn't want it, necessarily, 
because Dustin's looking at other things and different names and he's earned that Connor money and all that stuff. So no, Dustin probably wouldn't want it, but Holloway would probably want it. And mm. as a fan, I'd happily see it, even though Dustin's got two wins over him. But again, mm. but again, you throw in like the likes of like a Michael Chandler or a, uh, a Justin Gaethje in particular. Je- Gaethje versus Max Holloway. That's a it's fight, isn't it? That is mm. a really special fight. All I would want is for Max to actually just, again, take a little bit of time to build up a little bit of muscle for that division, if he can. Because when he fought Poirier, there was a clear power discrepancy in that fight. And as much as Holloway survived all five rounds, and it was a close fight, and Holloway did really well in that fight, there was just a clear power discrepancy. And he'd need to address that if he wanted to have a few fights up at lightweight, I think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, right. What's next? What's Strickland next? Pereira. Ooh, what are you thinking? Well, this is an interesting one because obviously they're clearly pushing Pereira so that he can fight Adesanya. If you don't know, Pereira uh, was uh, is a Brazilian kickboxer that knocked out Israel Adesanya, Israel Adesanya back in their kickboxing days. So the UFC are like, there's a storyline here. The guy that last knocked out our dominant champion will fight our dominant champion, but this time in MMA. There's a the you know interesting storyline. Blah blah. There's clearly beef between them as well. Adesanya, when he's asked about Pereira, you can clearly see he's not happy about it, and he he doesn't really like him very much. And Pereira's had some things to say about Adesanya, I think as well. So yeah, I think that Pereira will. will will probably win this, although he's very early in it. I don't know what his record is, but he's only had a few MMA fights. He's had two fights in the UFC. Um, other than that, it was all glory. Uh, he was fighting... Yeah, it was all glory. But MMA so, or gl- just glory kickboxing? Uh, kickboxing... He's, so has yeah, he had his last... debut in... His MMA debut... So his MMA record is what? 2-0? and oh. Can't be. Uh, he fought... He fought uh, in 2020 on LFA 95. I don't know if that's yeah, MMA that's, that's or M- kickboxing. That's MMA. LFA is MMA. Oh, right. Okay. So, Glory, um, they're all kickboxing events. Like, uh, um, Yeah, that's all kickboxing. So, aside from that one uh, MMA fight, yeah. Alex Pereira he's, he's is five, no, he's five and one in MMA. Right, okay. So that must have been very early on. He's five right, and five um, and one in MMA. Um, oh rear naked choke he lost uh to Yeah, so he's been having kickboxing fights in and amongst his MMA fights. Yeah. So yeah, yeah he had yeah. two MMA fights. Yeah, one in twenty fifteen, one in twenty sixteen, one he lost, one he won. Mm. Then he's just been kickboxing the shit out of people. And then Yeah, he ridiculously as well. Yeah. Um and yeah, and now he's got two wins in the UFC, but he did look susceptible to takedowns and stuff. That's the, that is the thing with Strickland. Strickland is predominantly a striker, but I think he can wrestle relatively well. The size difference is going to be different. Like the, the Strickland path to victory is going to be try to bully your way in and get clinches and get takedowns. And that's how you beat Pereira, because Pereira on the feet is going to light him up. Um, if it's strictly you think you think to get into a tire clinch with him is, is the is the way to to we'll bully him. a body lock and just to to get right he's got a, he's got a, yeah. Strickland is quite good at taking shots and just 
just mm. going forward with a weird kind of style of just throwing out his hands um, and connecting. He did it with Uriah Hall and all that stuff. You know, he's, he's got half decent, you know, kickboxing, but it won't be anywhere near this kind of elite level of Pereira. Mm. So he's got to try and like muscle his way in and get into a clinch, a body lock, whatever, where he can implement a takedown and get Pereira down. The problem mm. is, I think he might take Pereira down a few times. I don't know if he'll be able to keep him down because Pereira is so big. Like, Pereira is really big for the weight class, and Strickland isn't that big for the weight class. I think Strickland maybe has had some fights at welterweight. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if when they're looking at, a, at, at each other, it looks like a light heavyweight is taking on a middleweight or something like that. Like, there's going to be a size difference there, I think. And I think because of that, Strickland might be able to technically get the takedowns, but I think Pereira will just pop back up to his feet. And if this fight takes place majority of the time on the feet, Pereira will probably knock him out. Um, so, yeah. I, but fair play to Sean Strickland for taking that fight. Because that guy, he's not, you know, he's not ranked anywhere near where, you know, the, the other kind of opponents that Sean Strickland should be fighting right now. No. You know, as you said, it's quite clear there's a narrative here that they're, they're, they're pushing him, you know, to, 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 to get that kind of sellable fight. Um, and also on, on that, like, when was the Pereira-Adesanya fight? That must have been, what, 20... Was that must have been like more than five years ago now? I don't like, know. Um, it, was a, it was a while we, ago because I mean Adesanya's been in the UFC for a good few years now, hasn't he? Exactly. Like you know, I, I'm not really into stuff like that. Who was the fighter that um, that beat Connor years ago? Oh, uh, uh, the, Duffy, uh, Irish Joe Duffy. Duffy, yeah, Joe Duffy, and like and the whole thing of like we're going to get to this. Like, these are fighters that they fought five, six years ago. It's like. There's a reason that one's a champ now and one's not, and it's you know it, it, you know it, these people become like Izzy's become like an absolute phenomenon, and I don't see I don't see Pereira having the the, the kind of the, the, the skills to, to 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 do anything there. I, I think what to, Izzy to, will just well I, I don't know. You 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 think really? Izzy because Pereira's still like. An unbelievable striker, like he's like a kickboxing champion. Like, of course he's, yeah. you know, like. But and MMA is different. This is MMA. Yeah, but Adesanya doesn't really do much MMA. Like he does, he's mm. his takedown defense is fantastic, so that he can just basically kickbox you. That's mm. what Adesanya's game is. Pereira's game is going to be the same thing. Pereira's go- so when they fight each other. It will basically just be another kickboxing match. Now, will Pereira win it? I don't know. I think Pereira probably hits harder. Um, hmm. But it will basically be a kickboxing match. Unless Adesanya really surprises us and does something where he throws in like a little takedown or something against Pereira. Who knows? Because I think Pereira's takedown defense is going to be nowhere near as good as Adesanya's. Like, if you get yeah. Pereira versus a wrestler, I'd give him less chance to win than Adesanya versus a wrestler. Hmm because he's a more well-rounded mixed martial artist. But in a fight against each other where they're basically just elite strikers that don't use offensive wrestling, mm. it's, it could be a really close fight. Um, mm. I think... Uh, Someone loves Alex Pereira. Well, no, I mean, it's true. But, but I, just, I just think that just makes sense to me. And also, he's training with Glover Teixeira all the time. So he's going to be getting mm. better and better and better at all of his ground game as well. In terms of Strickland fighting Pereira, and this is a weird fight because Pereira, I don't think, is even ranked. 
is Pereira ranked? I can't see him. Certainly, it definitely won't be top 15, I wouldn't have thought. No, so, so Pereira isn't even ranked. And Sean Strickland is staring down a title shot. So it is weird. However, when you think from the USC's perspective, they're going, well, everyone above Strickland has fought and lost to... Well, Jared Canyon is obviously fighting on Saturday. But Robert mm-hmm. Whittaker lost twice. Marvin Vittori lost twice. Derek Brunson's lost. Paola Costa's lost to him. And then underneath that, Hermanson, Till, Hall, Gastelum's lost to him. Hermanson, Till and Hall haven't earned title shots. Imovov's too soon. Brad Tavares has lost to Adesanya. Muniz, it's too soon. Um, Weidman's not done enough. Shabazian, no. So they're struggling for contenders in that division. Strickland's the only one that sort of earned it. And they've given him this crazy fight against a guy that's got a lot of hype around him because, again, it's a sellable fight. If, if, if Pereira wins this fight and Adesanya beats Cannonier, which I think is the two most likely outcomes, then that clip of Adesanya getting knocked out by Pereira will be used and reused over and over again to sell this fight. And I think it will work. People will be interested. I, I, yeah, I, I, I've got a feeling we're going to see Strickland try and wrestle uh, and, and 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 take him down because he's he's not stupid. Or he's he's not that stupid. He said some mad things. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, he said some mad things. But I don't think if you're game, if you're fighting somebody that is elite level in glory, you're not going to kickbox them. That's a bad bad way when you've got the ability to be able to kind of showcase something, you know, that that maybe. Uh, your opponent's not quite as well rounded in, then, then you know that's the, that's the dent in their armour, isn't it? That's the, what you're going to go for. Um, but I don't know. He's a bit bananas, isn't he, Strickland? Maybe he's he's so assured with himself that he could he could knock him out that maybe we 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 see that. And if if that does happen, then I guess we're in for a great fight. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah. Okay. Right. Should we move on? Yeah, we've got a lot to get through and uh, we are probably running short on time. So the next fight up is uh, Misha Tate versus Lauren Murphy. This oh, is it? I thought it was... Is that the next one? I believe so. That's what I've got. I, be- I believe Lauren Murphy's pulled as well. She's pulled out? Yeah. No. Yeah, I, yeah, I think Lauren Murphy's um, pulled out. Oh, uh, Misha Tate. I do believe Misha Tate's still fighting. Is she? Um, Against who? Um, I don't know. I did oh see God. Misha Tate put something on her socials saying like... This um brand new information for me. Yeah. So, uh... Yeah, you're right, that. you're right. I've not... I can't... I haven't got it on the cards. Yeah. Tate and she Murphy. Withdrew. Murphy withdrew. Oh, man. I wonder what the reason for that was. Mm, don't know. Don't know. So, that takes us on to um, Munoz versus Melt. Man, I'm gutted about it. I thought that would be an interesting fight, that Tate versus Murphy. And if Tate won that, she's probably getting a title shot next against Valentina. There was a lot at stake there. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, that was some research wasted. Uh, moving on. <laughs> Munoz Melt, let's do it. Munoz O'Malley. Why is he a Melt? I, I thought you liked O'Malley. I thought you liked the sugar No, I, No, no. I, I said that he's, he's going to be the champ. I've said that. But, like... He's a bit of a melt, isn't he? Why, why do you think he's melt? I haven't seen enough to think he's melt. There was that one thing that he's, um, he, him and his coach have got a podcast and they had, who did they have on the podcast? I don't know. It might have been 
uh, Casey Kenny or someone like that, a bantamweight Casey Kenny, and they were talking about um, Megan Anderson and how she looks and all that kind of, and that that was a bit gross. That, like, but I don't remember Sean O'Malley saying too much. It was more Casey Kenny and maybe the coach, but I can't remember. But maybe he said some dodgy things I'm just not really aware of. But um, so, so is this the first top ten for Sugar? I think so. I mean, he he, he, he has think... well the the other fight that was anywhere near this caliber was Marlon Vera, and that didn't end well for him. But I don't think Vera was top yeah. ten at the time. So yeah. Um, I I I I, I really rate Pedro Munoz as well, but I've just got a feeling that the Sugar shows. It's just gathering momentum, and I think he's he is something special. He yeah. is something special. Make make no mistake. There's a reason that, that hype's there, and it goes way beyond just his 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 Barnet. You know, he's uh, he, he's got a real exciting skill set, and and fans love him because he is so flamboyant and and throws such you know interesting combos and stuff. Uh, and I think that he's just going to be that little bit sharper. Uh, and that little bit more dynamic than the, the Munoz on this fight, and I see O'Malley taking it. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm I'm gonna go for O'Malley for the win as well. I think again, his size, he's so big for the weight class. I think that makes it a big difference. Um, but when you look at Pedro, I mean, he's seen it all. I mean, Pedro has fought Dominic Cruz, Jose Aldo, Aljamain Sterling, Frankie Edgar, Rivera, Garbrandt, Rob Font, like. This is a real test for O'Malley. He's never fought anyone with this level of experience before. And Pedro is a very good fighter. He's kind of like a stalwart of the top 10 of that division. So, yeah, I I would favour O'Malley. But I think that... I think that this is is a really interesting... Again, this is questions that will be... Come the end of Saturday night, we have to go, oh, O'Malley's legit top 10. This isn't just all hype and colourful hairstyles he's legit top 10 and I think he probably is um but I think also as well the UFC I think are matching him up relatively favorably like Pedro's not known for his wrestling Pedro is you know a small guy he does throw half decent leg kicks and we've we've seen O'Malley struggle with with leg kicks a little bit before but I think the UFC is matching him up relatively favorably um and if he wins this, I can see them continuing to do that and making him. Oh, fight I think if he wins this, strikers. I think if he wins this, any fight after that is very, very dangerous for for Sugar Sean. Because you look at that division, you know, you, you, you've got people like Mirab and like and, and, and yeah, and Cheeto's, you know, on an absolute mm-hmm. tear at the moment. Um, and, you know, flamboyant styles, you know, and then you've got to start trying to do that against someone like Sandhagen or Rob Font. I, I don't think that works well. You've got to try and shut down a Dominic Cruz. Good luck. Like, I think all of them fights, uh, and you mentioned leg kicks, go and have a fight with Jose Aldo, Jose Aldo and see how that works out for you. Like, I, I think there's some... Go, go on. Do you, you, do you want me to just um, let, let just move out of the way and let you climb right up his ass? What are you going to no, say no, about I, no, uh, Sugar I, Sean? I, there? I like the Rob Font or Dominic Cruz fights for Sean O'Malley. I know Cruz is a good wrestler and he got great football stuff, but mm. I don't know. There's something about him. I just, I can see him. I mean, Cruz is getting old and all that, and then and then Rob Font. I think great boxer Rob Font, but I, I do think O'Malley could actually do relatively well against people that are 
strikers. I think he clearly hits very mm. hard as well. I, I wouldn't favour him in a Marab fight. Sandhagen would be really interesting. Um, mm. I don't think I would favour him against Sterling or definitely not Marab. I don't, know, but I think I think I think it's interesting. I think if he's fighting a striker because he's so you other, that's well, Song Yudong hits hard again. If that fight gets made, I'd maybe favour Sean O'Malley, but just like you're talking sixty forty or something like that, it, it, it would be close. But um, but I think it's when he fights people with good like I think Ricky Simone could be a big problem for Sean O'Malley. Mm. Uh, he's got oh, that's some wrestling. hair, isn't it? That'd be some hair in the octagon. <laughs> some hair in the octagon. <laughs> Although from our interview with him, he's, he's cut the mullet off. Hopefully, he'll grow the mullet. back. He said he wants one. it back, though. He said he yeah. wants it back. Yeah. So, uh, so I don't know. We'll we'll see. I mean, maybe they'll favour. Like Adrian Yanez is a guy that's now just come into the top fifteen, who I am a huge fan of. I love Adrian Yanez. Always in fun fights. Great boxing. Um. And maybe Sean O'Malley will fight backwards to keep away from certain people, but rack up the wins so that he then just gets the title shot. You know, I mean, the UFC will probably do that for him if it makes sense to do so. So, yeah, yeah, I think that could that could happen. Um, what's the next fight right. then? Now that Misha takes off and there's an extra fight on the main card, Brad Riddell, I think, uh, versus Turner. Is uh, it? See, I haven't looked at this one much because I thought it was just going to be a a little cheeky prelim fight. Okay. Well, I mean, we we talk about cheeky prelims, and we've been we've been going for yeah close to an hour now. So <clears throat> let's some um, let's cherry pick some of the other the fights with some I I, I guess some some bigger names. Uh, and I mean, uh, it seems weird that on the prelims, like Robbie Lawler's on the prelims. I know. I don't think he was too happy about that either. I mean, that's going to be a cracking fight as well. Him and Barbarina are going to. Mm. I mean, Barbarina fought. Was it Condit recently? And it was a really it great was fight. Wasn't it? it was like a good war. Like it, it felt like an old-fashioned UFC fight from like ten years ago. And I think this will be the same thing. I think they'll just be no, no. It was Matt other. Brown. Was it Matt Brown? That was it. It's Matt Brown. Yeah. Yes, it was Matt Brown. Um, yeah, and I think that's what this will be. I think I think this will be just slugging old school, stand standing in a phone box and just lumping each other. I think that's what this will be. Yeah, I, I I don't really think there's a lot more to say about that. I think that's exactly what you're going to get. And, yeah. uh, you know, what's Robbie's chin like now? Uh, you know, I mean, how old's Robbie now? Let's have a look. Uh, Robbie Lawler. Hey, folks, I'm Mark Marin from the WTF Podcast, and this episode is brought to you by Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues your ally to help tackle your allergy symptoms this season. I love the change of seasons, but nobody loves pollen and all those other things floating in the air that make you sneeze during this nice weather. Kleenex Ultra Soft Tissues are hypoallergenic and allergist approved. So fight back against watery eyes and runny noses without worrying about irritating your skin. For this allergy season, grab Kleenex and face allergies head on. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. 
Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. He's 40. Right. And, uh, I mean, I'll tell you what, but the, the next fight we'll get on to as well. Great to see um, Robbie uh, sparring this week with uh, friend of the show, Ian Gary. Yes, I actually footage? didn't see that footage, but that must have been so cool. Imagine being Ian Gary and it's like, I'm going to spar Robbie Lawler today. <laughs> like, that's fucking awesome, isn't it? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, if, if you're an aspiring welterweight, he's, you know, he's a god, right? Oh, 100%. Absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know much about Green. Uh, I think this could be a step up for Gary because I think Green has only had one loss at welterweight. He's lost a few at lightweight, but then has obviously found a division that suits him better. Um, and his only loss was on his UFC debut to Daniel Rodriguez. And Daniel Rodriguez has been in the UFC for a long time and he's, mm. he's a good fighter. Like He's not like a household name. He's not a ranked guy, but he... He's been on the cusp of being ranked for a long time, I think, Rodriguez. And I think he struggled with some injuries and stuff. But Rodriguez is a very good fighter. So losing to him, there's there's no shame in that. And I think that uh, that this is a good fight for Gary in terms of like that upward trajectory, but not too fast. Absolutely. And, you know, what, what a card to get on. I mean, it, as we've mentioned before, it, it would appear that UFC are, are definitely sort of marketing him on the bigger sort of um, events in the US rather than, putting him on the London cards and and you know he seems to be training with absolute killers as well he's you know I'm really interested to see because you know when we was watching uh Ian Gary and Cage Warriors you could tell that there was a lot of hype and you know he's such a prospect 9 and 0 now and I think we're gonna you know hopefully see him become something really really special and you know he's got he's got the gift of the gab he's you know he's so likable as well you know he's he's certainly not um vicious in any of his his chat you know his charisma pouring out of every pore of him and yeah I hope that we get to see that really develop and uh and and like I say it would appear that they're 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 matching him nicely they're putting him on the right events you know it looks like he's going to be squashed between uh, Robbie Lawler and, and, and Cowboy Cerrone. What a, what a place to yeah. be fighting. Yeah, man. I mean, that that is phenomenal. So good luck to, to Ian Gary. And you mentioned Cowboy Cerrone there. He's coming on a week's notice. I mean, as you know, there was like last week or the week before or whatever it was that um, uh, Joe Lozon pulled out of his fight on like the day before. Why, why did that happen this, on the second time? Uh, Lozon's knees locked. He had something like he made the weight or whatever, and something happened to his knees, and he's like his knee kneecaps just like locked. He couldn't even walk. He, he doesn't know Fucking quite what hell. it was. And then there was something like some guy on like social media or whatever or YouTube or something like that. He no, that was it. it was a guy on social media said this has happened to me before where my knees locked. Here's a YouTube video I used to sort it out. And Joe Lozon reckons he used the YouTube video and it worked straight away. And he was like, oh, if only I'd knew about this the day before. I would have been able to fight. But uh, yeah, wow. so it's really... And Dana White has come out and said that the fight's cursed. It shouldn't never be remade. And it's, it's a bit harsh. You know, I think it was like Cerrone pulled out the first time because he had food poisoning. Lozon's pulled out this time because he had some freak knee injury. Um, They're both UFC legends, you know, I and know. that would have been a great fight yeah. there. And they both seen game. And yeah, that's, yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong, though. 
Cowboy and Miller, again, two, two absolute legends. legends. This is what I want from a matchmaking. Though. I know this has sort of fallen in the lap. It was supposed to be Miller versus Bobby Green, and you're thinking, well, Miller's sort of being fed to Bobby Green here is what they probably wanted to happen because Bobby Green, you know, he's got a good personality, he's got a fun fight style. That's the guy you kind of want to be getting in towards the rankings and doing well. So I, I felt like that was meant to be, you know, a fight that favoured Green. Green's pulled out. I don't know what his injury or situation is. But Lowe's on, uh, sorry, Cowboy coming in here. This is the fight. So I, I, like, I like this little kind of legend league thing. I'm, I'm all for it. I want to see these big mm. names that they're never going to fight for titles anymore. They're just fighting because they either love it, they want the paycheck, all those things. Put them against each other. You don't have to always feed the veterans to these like young, hungry lions. It, 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 it sometimes just doesn't feel right to do. And, and I want to see the legends continue fighting against each other in their own little like vets league. Um, so yeah so with that in mind Robbie wins Cowboy wins we match it up again have they fought before surely surely maybe not because Cowboy spent most of his time at well that's the other thing this is a lightweight fight so you could bump Cowboy up to welterweight but there'd be a size discrepancy I think They've not fought. Well, no, because they've spent their time in different divisions. And I know yeah. Cerrone had a spell at welterweight, didn't he, where he did all right for a bit. Oh, they have. They have. Oh, they have fought. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he beat Cowboy. Yeah. I mean, that's not surprising because, again, Cowboy, Cowboy, Cowboy really is a lightweight. So, yeah. Anywho, uh, what else is on the card? We've got a couple of really uh, great middleweight fights. Uh, what I mentioned earlier... Hall versus Muniz. I think that there's a lot to be said about this fight, particularly for Andre Muniz. Andre Muniz is, I think he's on a four-fight win streak at the moment. And with a win over Uriah Hall, he enters the top 10. This is the guy that broke Jacare Souza's arm. He is legit jiu-jitsu, like one of the best jiu-jitsu practitioners in the UFC. You, you, no one breaks Jacare Souza's arm in, in with a with an armbar, it just it just doesn't happen. Um, so yeah, and he's fighting Uriah Hall, who Uriah Hall really is that guy that just never fully seemed to achieve his potential, did he? It's like you no. know, he was amazing on the <clears throat> Ultimate Fighter. Chael Sonnen was saying he's the next Anderson Silva. He's got that incredible like spinning back kick to the face knockout from the Ultimate Fighter series, and he's he's kind of been up and down in the UFC. He's never quite got there in his last fight against Sean Strickland it really felt like I don't know like there's a mental thing with him like sometimes it just doesn't seem like he wants to be there because he's clearly a better striker than Strickland but Strickland Mm. was just just beating him to the punch and walking him down and just making it difficult for Uriah Hall and he just couldn't quite pull the trigger or something I don't know what it is it feels like sometimes he just doesn't turn up. Yeah. And I, I do think, like, he's, you know, he, he does run a little bit hot and cold uh, on, on the kind of, the, the sort of, the, the, the mental side of, of, of his game. I don't know. You know, that, that's a bit of guesswork there. Yeah. But um, I think um, the other thing... I, I, there was lots of chat of him fighting Till, wasn't there? And that sort of seemed yes. to, to fall through. Um, that's a fight I would quite like to have seen, to be honest. Me too. I think that'd be a great fight. I think Till, Till mm. Hall is a really really good fight for, for both of them as well. It gives them both an mm. opportunity to, to get back to winning ways. They don't really have to worry about the grappling. It's just a striking. And mm. I think that that would actually work out. Yeah, I, th- I think that would be a great fight. I'd, I'd happily watch that fight. Um, 
I think when you look at Hall's recent wins as well, you've got Anderson Silva, which, you know, Anderson Silva's doing great that in boxing now. a long now, time ago, wasn't it? It's not, not too long ago, I don't think. Oh, yeah, two years ago. Two years yeah. ago. Yeah, so Anderson Silva. And then after that, the Chris Weidman leg break, which, you know, oh, that was just God. awful. But, it, you know, it's a win. But is it really a win? Um, so... Yeah, Hall is a bit of a bit of an interesting one at the moment in terms of kind of where he's really at of his career. I'll go as far as to say not only does Muniz win, I think he wins in the first round by submitting him. I, I, I really think Muniz is is quite special and I think that Hall is gonna pose no real problems for him. Okay. Uh Macy Barber, Jessica I. Um Yeah. I think Barber's got a good future ahead of her. I think she, you know, that 125-pound division has got a lot going for it now. There's a couple of really great prospects like Casey O'Neill's, Aaron Blanchfield, uh, Macy Barber being one of them as well. And I, I would lean towards Barber. Jessica I is someone that for some reason really upsets people. I remember like Jojo Wood having problems with Jessica I. And then beat And the thought and that Jojo Wood would have a problem with someone, you, you've got to do something to rile up someone like Jojo, haven't you? Because she, you know, um, I mean, looking at uh, Jessica Rye's record, uh, it's it's pretty patchy at the moment. Yeah. Uh, there's 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 quite a lot of um, there's quite a lot of losses on that record. I mean, uh, uh, there's been a lot of it has been um, uh, in um, grappling, but one, two, three. Yeah, she's lost her last three uh, MMA fights. I mean, don't get me wrong. Uh, oh, that head kick from Valentina. Oh, Jesus mate, Christ. that was scary. <laughs> that was a, such that. a bad one, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and she's got a win over... Uh, what was one of her last wins? Oh. She's got a win over... Jess Clark. Well, I think Jess, is Jess Clark on this card as well? Yep, she's, she's against Stolyarenko. Um, and then what else have we got on here? Brad Tavares. Oh. Um, See, that's yeah. a, this is another fight that I think is very interesting. And then the middleweight division. Tavares versus Drickus Dupati. I think Tavares is ranked. Where's Tavares ranked? He's ranked 12th in the middleweight division. Tavares has been in the UFC for 11 years. That's weird, isn't it? Wow. Yeah, that's quite crazy, isn't it? I do not think of Tavares as that old or as like someone that's been in the UFC for more than about four or five years. He's been in the UFC for 11 years. He's very much a sort of gatekeeper role, I think. He's got, I mean, he's fought some of the best. The best. He's fought the Yoel Romero's, Robert Whittaker, Israel Adesanya. Like, he's, he's fought the best of the best and usually come up short. But then he's got wins against people that, you know, were never couldn't quite make it into the top 10. So he's he's a great litmus test, I think, for the big kind of middleweight potential contenders. And right now you're looking at Drikus Duplessis is his opponent, who is unranked, but I think has got a really, another one with a bright future. Maybe not as bright as Muniz, I'm not sure. But Drikus Duplessis, um, he's, uh He's only got two losses on his record. One of them was back in 2014. He was very, very young. Um, and the other one was back in 2018. And it was against Roberto Soldic. If you don't know, Roberto Soldic is a champion in KSW in the Polish organization. 
And he is someone that people have been high on for a long time, saying that whenever this guy comes to the UFC, he will fight for a belt, if not become a champion. Like People are really, really high on Roberto Soldic. So a loss to him is no shame whatsoever. And since then, he's on a, what, one, two, three, four fight win streak. I think he's had loads of fights cancelled. Uh... I don't think he's, he, his last fight was July of 2021. So it's been a year since he's fought. I think he had some injury issues, some other things. But he's had fights cancelled against Andre Menuz, Chris Curtis, uh, Kelvin Gastelum, to name uh, three of the four. Um, so, yeah, I think that Drickus Duplessis, this is a great test for him. And I, I actually favour him in this fight. I think he's, he's pretty good, Drickus. It's just whether that, that year off, which I don't think he's used to having, is, uh, is going to affect him or not. Um, but yeah, I think we've got a lot of exciting fights in the middleweight division. We've got the main event. We've got Strickland Pereira, which is probably a number one contender fight. And then you've got Hall Muniz. Muniz is a great looking uh, contender. And Drickus Duplessis, Brad Tavares. Again, Drickus looks like someone that could, you know, make his way up the ranks uh, if this fight goes well and, and potentially fight for a belt one day as well. So lots going on in the middleweight division on this card. Absolutely, and it all happens this weekend at the T-Mobile Arena. Um, I'm hyped, mate. I'm absolutely hyped. Uh, I can't wait to do the post-fight show. I've got a feeling we're going to be talking fireworks, mate. I really do. Yep, yep. Did, um, did you watch the Saruki and Gamrot fight at all? No, not yet. No, you haven't seen it. it I've, I've struggled because I had my barbecue. Uh, I've struggled to watch all the fights, but I saw... Shavkat versus Neil Magny and Shavkat. I watched that. Oh, you I watched, watched that? that, mate. Oh, yeah. Oh, mate. Shavkat is legit. Shavkat yeah. is a real problem. To, to submit yeah. Neil Magny, that's saying something. And he's obviously in the top mm. 10 now, I think, uh, Shavkat. He's a problem. He's a real he is a problem. problem. And maybe. I would not want to shake his hand because every time he kept trying to shake. Uh... Michael Bisping's hand post-match uh, in the uh, interview. Ooh, it was a little bit aggressive. Was it really? I didn't know. You're not seeing it. It's quite weird. Watch it. It's really weird. He does it about three times. It's like a really sort of like aggressive sort of hand slap. It's very weird. Like I'll see uh, someone posted it on Twitter and was like, what, what's the score with this? I was like, I don't know. It's quite weird. Uh, but uh, yeah, mate, he looked, he looked dangerous, man. Yeah, super duper dangerous. He's going to be up to 10th in the rankings now. One day we could be seeing Hamzat versus Shavkat, which is fun to say. And it could be a really, <laughs> really fun, fun fight. Um, the Worldweight division is looking like a, it's really good at the moment, actually. I, always, yeah. I hate the way that a lot of people at the top just kind of sit on their spot and don't fight backwards. But the talent in that division is actually really good. And now with Shavkat coming into the top 10 as well, you're like, Jesus, that is... No one's going to be wanting that fight. No mm. one's going to be wanting that fight. So, yeah, it's looking good. And then Gamrot, Sarukian. I think I maybe slightly scored it for Sarukian, but it was a really great high-level fight. You should go and watch it. It's not, mm. it's not like fireworks in terms of, oh, my God, he's knocked down now, he's knocked down. Like but just highlight the scrambles, the rest. Of it. it was just high, high level. And if you say to me in three years' time, these guys could be fighting each other for a belt or something. I'll be like, yeah, that could happen. Sarukian's young as well. Sarukian's only about 25 or something. Like that. So, yeah, those two, very, very, very talented. It's a good time for MMA. 
Oh, it's relentless. It's just week after week after week of cracker after cracker. And Cage, Keep it coming. Cage Warriors as well was good. Reese McKee. Yeah, Harry mate. Hardwick. Shout out to Harry, Harry Hardwick. Harry Hardwick. What a fight that was. And a majority, yeah. it, was it a majority draw? Um, mm. And he won the other card, 29-28. So, oh, what, that was a superb fight, Harry Hardwick. What, he fights so, just heroically, just going forward, yeah. takes it, gives it. So he doesn't have the power in his hands, but he does seem to just get volume and strike. Yeah, yeah. love watching Harry fight. Um, George is fighting soon as well, right? Yeah, George Hardwick's getting his uh, fight for the lightweight belt. Who's he fighting? Uh, seems to always bloody change for George, doesn't it? It's just, yeah. <laughs> some bad luck. But um, but if you yeah. guys have never listened to the Hardwick brothers on, on the podcast, uh, we've had them on a couple of times now. Um, they... Needn't worry about fighting because them two could have their own sketch show um, or even just a fly-on-the-wall show yeah. uh, of them two. Like, it would just be solid gold. They're, uh, they're incredible human beings. Uh, the comedy value outside of the octagon as well is immense. They're just hilarious uh, and, and, and top, top lads. So go check out um, our chats with uh, the Harbick brothers. Also, you can uh, check out our chat. As we mentioned earlier, we had um, Alexander Volkanovsky on the podcast and it's a great chat. Um, was such a, 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 a wonderful thing to get to sit and talk to the champ. Um, and yeah, and a real who's who of everybody in uh, the UFC cage warriors. Uh, we've had a, we've had some of your, your PFL fighters on there as well. Um, and I mean, also um, speaking of uh, PFL um, as well, shout out to uh, Stevie Ray. Oh yeah, for sure. That was like what I, Stevie I've Ray. never seen that submission before. It was like a weird kind of modified twister he got like on Anthony Pettis as well. So yeah. that's it. Stevie Ray now is in the um, playoffs of the lightweight um, uh, PFL tournament. I think he'll be rematching Anthony Pettis, so that'll be really What fun. a scalp to have on your record. I know, and he could have it twice. He could have it twice, and they're, mm. they're bringing the PFL to... Uh, to Cardiff and to London in August. We've got a great interview we had with Brendan Lochnane, who's also made it to the playoffs um, mm-hmm. of the featherweight tournament. So go and check out our interview with Brendan Lochnane. And uh, yeah, we probably need to put, maybe reach out to Stevie or something and talk to him before the uh, before the playoffs. But it's nice to see two Brits in the uh, the PFL playoff semifinals and they're bringing it to the UK as well. So that's going to be really, really great to watch and support Stevie and Brendan as they try and go Absolutely. for a million dollars. <laughs> million. One million Right, we're back dollars. next time, Mr. Harrison. And yeah. uh, in the meantime, I'll see you later. See you later, guys. Million dollars.